1: Afternoon. Scott Luton, Greg White with you right here on Supply Chain now. Welcome to our live stream here today. Gregory, how are we doing?
0: I'm doing great. It's good to see you again after your vacation. How are you doing? How are you doing?
1: (laughs) You know, we actually got several days of last week to completely unplug and and reconnect uh uh, uh, and reconnect with really with family and the kids and the beach uh and and the local St. Augustine area. So had a great time. But excited to get back in the saddle. We got so many initiatives and projects and stories to tell, Greg. That's what excites me.
0: Yeah, no doubt. You know, there's one of these stories that particularly hits home. So I'm pretty excited about uh, talking to folks about that.
1: Yes. We had a great pre show conversation today. You know, we got Amanda and Allie behind the scenes making it happen, producing uh, Clay's producing today's show. I'm thinking of our dear friend, the dog, Clay Phillips, is on the road this week, right?
0: Yeah. Well, just to be clear, Allie's a dog also. That's right. She's a UG, recent UGA grad, brand new, former intern, now brand new employee. And and we have employees. <laughs> Man, we're getting big. Oh Well,
1: uh, it, it's been great to see all their uh, significant c- contributions to uh, our growing uh, mission here. And uh, today oh, is work. just the la- latest installment. So, by the way, uh, Greg is also on the road. Greg, where are you tuned in from?
0: I am, uh, tuned in from West Virginia, mountain mama. So <laughs>
1: <laughs> that is a lyric We're I believe.
0: mountains in the Shenandoah river right outside. Actually, I am sitting atop a pretty nice hill overlooking this beautiful hillside. And down there, I see just a little slice of golf course. So, so I'm at a cousin's house in West Virginia who has amazing. So, uh, she works for, uh, uh, financial planning firm. So she has amazing internet at her house. So she could work for, from home during the pandemic and, you know, drove the extra 14 miles to stop by, say hi, and <laughs> use their internet.
1: Country roads, right? I'm yep. fight myself from breaking into. Oh, yeah. Songs well, throughout. we heard
0: it twice on the way up. <laughs> so there is, so on Pandora, there's a July 4th channel. And if you like Toby Keith and the Eagles and. Um, John Denver. Yeah, yeah. what's that John Denver. Denver of course yeah and Lee Greenwood must have heard Lee Greenwood not just not just the song everyone knows but Lee Greenwood a half dozen times I didn't realize how many songs he had about America but wow. also John McLean American Pie and uh, two of my favorites James Brown living in America great song and of course oh my gosh God uh, God bless America that's right bless America. yeah yep yeah, by Ray Charles Man, oh, it, it got awesome. a little dusty in the car when we were driving, listening to that. So
1: wonderful. Well, you know, before we get down to uh, get to work here today, let's say hello to a few folks that are also tuned in. Uh, yeah, wide variety of places. Shreni, this via India. Trinevis hope this finds you well here today. Of course, Peter Bolay, all night and all day. PB, mm-hmm. hope you're doing well. Uh, Azalea, speaking in hey. West Virginia. Yeah, she is. Welcome uh, back. That's right. Great to see you, Azalea. look forward to catching back up with you this week. Uh, Let's see. Tanya uh, is back. I want to say Tanya was with us on uh, on maybe one of the last last IBM sessions or RLA sessions. But regardless, Tanya, great to have you back via LinkedIn here today. Nanda. Now, Greg, did you see the news? Nanda has been promoted, I I believe, as as a new chief supply chain officer, if I'm not mistaken, at his organization. So Nanda. Congrats.
0: Yeah, wow. congratulations.
1: Hopefully, y'all have had a chance to stop stop and celebrate that news. Mervin is back with us via LinkedIn. He's got a new headshot. Mervin, how you doing? Wow.
0: Uh, it looks... looks, looks stylish. I wish we could make that bigger.
1: Yes. Well, Mervin, love the he, shot.
0: Love the yeah, jacket. He, get, he gets best dressed, at least in his headshot. <laughs> That's right. So far, right?
1: Sabash is with us via LinkedIn, says, good afternoon, Supply Chain Minds. Well, great to have you here today via LinkedIn. Gregory, hello. Uh, also via LinkedIn. Hey, if y'all can, uh, I know there's a little bit of a delay, but let us know where you're, you're, you're tuned in from. We we've yeah. really enjoyed kind of putting pins across the globe. And Peter's sharing some good news. Great, clean bill of health received today. That is great news.
0: It's funny what becomes news when you're retired, isn't it, Peter? Right. <laughs> yes glad to uh, hear
1: so let's see oh gosh my my fingers are having a hard time yeah. keeping up you want,
0: you want me to take every other one holy <laughs> mackerel jeff
1: great to see you jeff jeff of room course um, leads the ascm chapter down in savannah beautiful right. savannah hope this finds you well jeff. probably pretty
0: toasty savannah you're gonna get wet later jeff by the way
1: <laughs> that's right um let's see here room uh room
0: that would be my guess
1: I think you're right, Greg. Uh, from now. Zimbabwe, uh, to in cool. via LinkedIn. Great to see you, and hello, everybody. So, um, uh, Andrea, Ziggy, yeah. uh, you name it, bunch of folks here today. So we got to dive in. So, Greg, are you ready to get started?
0: Yeah, let's talk.
1: All right. So, up first, we got to uh, pay a few bills. Right, we got to talk about the webinar on July 27th. This is part of our uh, Digital Transformers series. We got the one and only Kevin L. Jackson, right? Mm-hmm. Talk about the Titans. Kevin L. Jackson.
0: Hardest got- work, now the hard- hardest working man in show business, right? <laughs> That's right.
1: Fresh off his uh, recording of his new reality show. So, more, yeah. more, stay tuned on that. So, Kevin, we have Dr. Swink from Texas Christian University, TCU. And of course, friends, uh, our dear friends from Esker, uh, this time, Nick Carpenter. So, join us uh, on July 27th, 1 p.m. And we're talking about how digital transformation not only accelerates and optimizes mm. your supply chain, but my favorite part of this, I'm looking forward to, to, to the conversation, it strengthens it. Cool. And on the heels of a story we're going to be talking about here today, Greg, we're going to need all of the supply chain strengthening that we can get, right?
0: Yeah, it, it is amazing how tightly woven tra- digital transformation and supply chain is. In fact, Scott, Uh, Week before last, when I was in Wichita, I met with president and the supply chain leaders, the leaders of supply chain school for black and program at Wichita State. And they are combining their digital transformation and supply chain into a common practice, if you will. And man, after seeing what that campus has in terms of of corporate partnerships and advanced um, advanced research and that sort of thing, it's it's going to be a venerable program and that it's tied directly to tech is going to be a huge advantage. So many, even some of the leading supply chain programs, they're more operational, let's say, right? Yep. So well, we're going to watch these schools evolve over time.
1: That's right. We're going to hear more from Wichita State in the future as we're going to be having Our dear friend Mohib Mohib and some of the students join us on a live stream. So stay tuned for that. But in the meantime, July 27th, the link to register is in the show notes. Let's see here. Next up is the Supply Chain Insights Global Summit, September 7th through the 9th, 2021, right around the corner. Now, this is a hybrid event, Greg, but as we've talked about before, we're very pleased to be serving as the exclusive streaming partner for the digital version of the event. So you've got to register, it's not free. Uh, but for about two and a half days, there's gonna be some heavy hitters, uh, that are leading conversations about how they're driving change and their own parts of the global business world. Uh, and of course we're going to have our, our, uh, remote attendees, be it, be really be a big part of the conversation. So you can learn more at supply chain insights, global
0: summit.com. Yeah. I mean, truth be told, it's not, it's not free and it's not cheap either, but if it doesn't work for you and your personal or your even your business budget, this is the kind of event your chief supply chain officer, or VP of supply chain, CEO, CFO, even those kind of people. Uh, of course, vice presidents, directors, whatever. Uh, when in talking to Laura Cesari, who runs this, so enough said. Is it worth the money? Absolutely. It, it's generally going to be director level. In, in one one or more supply chain practices and above, that really get a tremendous amount of value. It's practitioners, it's um, service providers, it's no vendor pitches whatsoever. Right. It's no all value added, right? Yep. So super powerful stuff. She's been doing it for is it is this the tenth year? Scott? Uh,
1: something like that. I think it's yeah. close. She's been
0: doing it for for a good while. It's the the most neutral. Uh, the most complete, the most challenging, frankly. I mean, I think we all know Laura's not going to hesitate to challenge anyone um, and most knowledgeable that you can find. Agreed.
1: So learn more, supply chain insights, globalsummit.com, and and join us. Okay, a little departure here. So we love getting tons of pictures from all of our dear friends across, really across the globe, Uh, and we want to encourage you to keep them coming. Uh, So this is our dear friend, Corey Corey Comer. And this is his dog, Hamilton. Now, I he said this, this shot in because I, I was jealous of all these places he's going and these dishes he's cooking. So he asked him, I said, where's this at? And he says that, th- that in this case here, and this is from a week or two ago, that their campsite was on the other side of Independence Pass uh, from the famous Aspen, Colorado. He says he's always, he always thinks of Dumb and Dumber. When he's <laughs> walking through Aspen and this is on the top of gray back peak. I think he's got an altitude just under 10,000 feet mm. uh, and, and it's near Pike's peak. So Hamilton looks pretty happy. Gray. Yeah.
0: <laughs> is it happy or is it hungry? Uh, Nonetheless, I'm glad we're behind the camera.
1: Yes, yeah. <laughs> that's right. Well, Corey, <laughs> Corey is in Montana this week. So Corey best uh, safe travels. Yeah, that's right. keep the pictures coming. And Greg The good stuff doesn't stop there. So, this is uh, Ale, who who may be with us here today. So, you know, we kicked off this supply chain chow fun project that that starts with Facebook. We may take it from there, but it's really an open group with one main goal just to kind of celebrate our love for food, right? So, if you're into, if you're a culinary passionista, come check us out. The man, if we can drop the link in there. So, this is uh, from Khartoum, the capital of Sudan. And Ale, as y'all can tell, there posted some of the some great pictures from uh, her meal at Ozone. And Greg, this hits us about the right time, right? I'm ready to dive in. How about you?
0: Well, right time or wrong time? I'm gonna. I just need just two minutes. So. <laughs> <laughs> I want that sandwich. Right. right. There. That looks pretty darn tasty.
1: I like the pizza here.
0: Yeah, um, that does look pretty cool, doesn't it? Yeah.
1: Regardless, hey. Uh, send us your picks. Uh, join the groups. Uh, be social. Be human. You know we love talking supply chain. We're going to keep it coming, talking supply chain, global business, like we will here just today. But we've all learned how important relationships are uh, over the last uh, eighteen months. And and you know part of those relationships are where you spend your your downtime. And and for us, we love food and we love the travel. So y'all y'all join Supply Chain Chow the Facebook. Uh, if you love food and uh, if you don't love food, well, hey, just some us pictures of your journeys. That'd be great, too. OK, Greg, uh, let's say a, a hello to just a couple quick folks and then we're going to dive into our first story. Does that sound like a plan?
0: Yeah, man. A lot of people working even in the States on the holiday it, or at least tuning in with us. So that's good.
1: Always. So Gregory uh, mentioned he's from Trinidad and Tobago
0: in a oh beautiful my Caribbean gosh. region. What a beautiful place that is. Absolutely, David.
1: David, hope this finds you well. Joining in from Ontario, uh, we've got Kim Winter tuned in from UAE. Kim, hope this finds you well. I've been loving some of these conversations we've had with you here lately.
0: Kim Winter, hot in UAE now. um, I think we, I think we talked to Kim on New Year's Eve one day, right? Yep. Um, And it was hot there then as well. So, my question, Kim, is when is it not? That's right. <laughs> we'll be there then.
1: So Tanya tuned in from Savage, Minnesota, near Bloomington in the Minnesota uh, yeah. Mall of America. Omer from Saudi Arabia. Welcome, Omer, via LinkedIn. Great to have you here. John Martinez from the beautiful c- city of San Antonio. John, hey, great to have hey, you here. And it's his first time. So, uh Greg, we'll have to sing my tune This is his first time. Uh, well towards the end of the show, right?
0: Yes. <laughs> I, I used to be able to sing the Incarnate Word fight song. So Incarnate Word College is an all Spanish private college in, in, or in the San Antonio area. Not really fight song. It was their alma mater. But.
1: <laughs> Love that. And Azalea and um, is are both confirming kind of the key message we just were communicating a second ago. Supply chain relationships. They're really they're kind of a big deal. And certainly have gotten a bigger b 2 be a bigger, big deal uh, here in recent months. So, Greg, let's dive yes. into the news. Yeah. Are you ready to go? I am ready to go. All right. As, so. as we talked about, one of,
0: these, one of these stories hits very close to yes. business. I would say very close to home, but it's very close to business.
1: So let's talk about, up first, what everybody's talking about, right? Is this massive ransomware attack from last Friday. So, Greg, I'm going to kind of tee this up and share a couple things, and I want to get your take on this. So according to NPR and the Associated Press, cybersecurity teams have been working in overdrive over the weekend to try to contain the impact of what folks are calling the largest single ransomware attack on record. Thousands of victims probably tens of thousands of victims across 17 countries have been impacted. Now, the angle of attack, Greg, was focused largely on penetrating the firms that remotely manage IT infrastructure. Right. But one of the biggest victims I bet most folks here have have heard mentioned is Coop, uh, a Swedish. What's that? Co-op. 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 Thank you, Greg. Man. Co-op. You learn something new every it, day. It literally
0: is a co-op, Scott. It's, I mean, it's a cooperative grocery ah, chain. So.
1: that makes sense. Huge. Gonna, huge. Well, no kidding. Uh, so they're a Swedish grocery chain, and it's closed 800 stores for the last yep. couple of days because their point-of-sale systems, their cash registers, have been down. They've been impacted. Experts are claiming, is it Reveal? Spelled like evil, but Reveal, maybe? evil. Uh, so, I think
0: it's real. Yes, I don't um, know. I've never heard of them before. We need Kevin L. Well, Jackson here. Kevin, yes, standoff. let us know.
1: <laughs> well, this group R E V I L. They're
0: yeah. uh, let's go with that. To,
1: yes, <laughs> supposed to be behind the attack. It's the same outfit. If y'all remember, a few about a month or so ago, uh, JBS is the massive meat processor. Well. They were successful in extorting about eleven million dollars from JBS. So heck, why not do it again, Greg? Mm-hmm. Um, Revel offered a deal. You re- you got your deal deal making? Yeah, uh, let me shoes. let me uh,
0: break out my calculator and see if it's <laughs> worth it. Yeah.
1: So Sunday night, uh, the the perpetrators supposedly offered a deal seventy million dollars for a universal decryptor software key. Now, Greg, before I get your take, it's also been reported. That the size, the sheer size and scope of this attack has gotten so big, too big even for the hackers to manage it, which right. is one is one of the reasons why folks are saying, "Hey," or why why the 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 hackers are saying, "Hey, give us seventy million dollars and we'll just cure everybody rather than do company by company." So, Greg, fascinating in a, in, a, in a bad and intriguing way. But what what's your take here?
0: Uh, well, it's I mean it's a tragedy that somebody you pay to manage your IT infrastructure. Allows this to happen. Um, and I think it goes to the kind of discipline. That, well, we talked about it just a couple of weeks ago with Kevin Jackson, right? Right. It goes to uh, accentuate that discussion. And we were talking about how they might come in through companies that would be less likely to be um, secure. These companies, in my opinion, have no excuse. And it's a travesty that it happened that way. I mean, you usually think of the kind of backdoor way through the person you pay through QuickBooks who sweeps the parking lot or whatever. I could see that. That's how it happened for Target. Somebody, somebody like that, right? Right. But for someone like this who is trust, entrusted with your data to have this happen, that's unconscionable. Frankly, it's unconscionable both for the service provider and for co-op, for instance, or the other companies that were infected to not have done the diligence to assure that they had the security to to support their systems so i don't know if all of those all, i can tell you that all of those 800 stores are not in sweden so those stores are in sweden and norway and denmark and elsewhere in northern europe and scandinavia because you can't support 800 stores in sweden mm. uh, there's just not enough people right so this is a massive international issue Um. And it's, you know, again, it's a tragedy that it happened. Uh, you know, the other thing is you cannot pay the ransom. Um, colonial Pipeline paid the ransom and didn't get the fix. The fix that the, that the um, attackers gave them didn't work, and they had to back up from two or three days prior. Huh. So, uh, And the government, I, I, I don't know how, what everybody knows about the Colonial, thing. But of course, fuel was shut down in the Southeast for a good long time. And then the FBI claimed they got the money back, which they did not. We got 2.7 million of the total back, which is just over half, but they did not get it all back. So you cannot win in this situation. You, You should be able to rely on those backups and go back and secure your system to do it. But if you pay them, you know, I mean, everyone's seen a kidnapping movie. Right. right. All you do is encourage them.
1: Well, think about not to be too simplistic, but think about when you got away with some things as a kid. You went back and, and did did more and did it bigger uh, if no one's you know if, if no one's there to stop you, right? And really? we were, you know, a month or so ago, we're going back even to the Colonial Pipeline, which is, is more closer to almost two months ago. You know, we were talking about how there we were afraid there's going to be a lot more of this, right? And unfortunately, uh to John's question is anything really digitally safe these days? Uh, David says pencil and paper. <laughs> so David thanks for uh, keeping <laughs> his uh, keeping the comedy quotient today. Yes. But you know Greg we, we do have our work cut out for us right and and despite the US government's best effort, you know using the bully pul- pulpit, you know, that some of the task forces set up um you know, a lot of potential for things to get really out of hand really quick. And and one last point, Greg, and I'd love for you to weigh in before we move to the next story. I, I saw where um, I guess uh, the the Biden administration had mentioned, hey, these these X amount of sectors are off limits. I'm not sure of kind of the signal that, you know, what does that say about all the other sectors? So I think from a, just a, a policy standpoint, how do we how do we attack it and 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 uh, rain? Reign this cyber terror in. We've got our our hands full here, right?
0: I'm not sure what saying anything does for anything, honestly. I I think our government has proven inept over many, many decades of protecting us from these kind of things, or it would be done, right? We have literally billions of dollars going into the NSA and the FBI and other TSA and other organizations that are built specifically to protect us from this that should be focusing their efforts on these things that aren't. So it sounds like a pretty hollow threat to me. Yeah. Been hollow for the decades we've been making it. Right. right. I don't think there's anything new about this administration that gives them the instantaneous ability to enforce that. So yeah. meaningless words like most politicians.
1: Right. It's going gonna, it's gonna to take a global crackdown and, and a commitment to do that. Um, my fear uh, is that you know certain bad actors may be using this as a, as a counterweight in uh, global politics but we'll see we'll see how this goes that's undoubtedly
0: the case yeah we 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 can't confirm it here right but it's too deep to and too broad i mean they attacked 17 countries essentially i see this as a warning shot probably by the russians to the u.s to say we could do the same thing to you Mm. right and you know i i just don't think that there's just like anything else these companies need to protect themselves. They cannot lean on the government to protect them. That is not going to happen.
1: Excellent point. So uh, we'll see how this continues to, to ripple out. And hopefully we get all these companies back online where at least, at least commerce can take place and we can figure out a plan to, to make it strong, uh, stronger and more resilient. We'll see. A lot more to come. All right. So, Greg. Look, yes, sir. Maybe a little bit easier of a topic. I don't know. This is this is kind of one that 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 touched home on your end. I'm gonna tee this up. So you know, speaking of demands, talking about folks making demands. Wall Street Journal is reporting that Amazon is asking quite a bit from its suppliers. Yep. As in equity opportunities on the cheap. So at least a dozen, according to the journal article, here, at least a dozen publicly traded companies have given in to this ask, which is where Amazon gets rights to buy stock at a future date at what might be below market prices. Now, that's that's on the publicly traded company side. Over the past decade, the journal says that Amazon has struck these types of deals with over 75 priv- privately held companies. So if I'm interpreting this right, Greg, and please share more, these companies are wanting to do business with Amazon, and it's including this ask as part of the overall relationship framework. Is that right?
0: That's right. And it's not a new practice. I'm intimately aware of how this relationship works. And in some cases, it's even more invasive than that. It is um, shares of the company at near zero price, not of public companies, but of these private companies of which they say there are 75 or so. I happen to know one of them very intimately without revealing any confidentiality agreement. Right. Everything I say here may or may not be protected by confidentiality agreement. I must therefore be very, very vague. So, yeah. So I've seen I have um, intimate knowledge of taking a share of the company with these warrants that were talked about in the article of upwards of twenty percent of the company. In some cases, as they talked about in the article, it's it makes them the largest shareholder in the company. They have laid claim to most favored nation status, which arguably in some cases is unethical or illegal. It just depends on your point of view, meaning no matter what the best price is you give to any other customer, you have to also give that to Amazon regardless of their, or, or else you have to justify the reason for not giving them that, which takes considerable diligence. And also claiming the actual IP of the company has occurred. Wow. As far as I know as well. So, uh, it's pretty oppressive. It's not, it's not the first time it's happened, by the way. Other companies, other big companies who were big well before, well before Amazon have done it as well. But yeah, it's, you know, when you have the power as, uh, as my other cousin who we're staying with said, power corrupts, absolute power corrupts absolutely. Mm-hmm. So. Well, he's you not know, that, but it's, it's, it's an absolute fact. I mean, why would you not do that? Right. You know, their their argument is, you're going to get a lot of good press from us being your vendor, and you're going to get business and as, and presumably profit from that. And we want a piece of that. Yeah. In reality, by the way, people, the truth is, what you get is a logo on your website that you can say almost nothing about. This has been my experience in working with big big companies, and it costs you as some of us have in recent her- history experience. It costs you four to five times as much to support a company of that, of that magnitude than it does the companies that you can actually profit from. So you have to decide, do I want the logo or do I want profit? It is almost always a mutually exclusive relationship,
1: man. Okay. A a lot of powerful, um, take and I, I appreciate you shedding some of your, your, what you know to be a fact, uh, light on it. Peter, Olay offers a very technical analysis of this practice. Oh boy. It's horse puckies. <laughs> uh, so John. Well, John you know,
0: Martin- Peter was he was in procurement at Air Canada. Just imagine right. if they required Airbus to give them 20% of the company to fly for Air Canada to fly Airbuses. It's unbelievable.
1: Right. Uh John Martinez, can you say Monopoly? As Leah agrees with John there. Uh, let's see here. Uh Robita's I talks about how Amazon is filthy rich and uh, Simon Joiner, Hello, Simon says, get Amazon off. So that's a, I like
0: how you put that there. Brilliant.
1: Um, let's see here. Also, Roomba says, I think big companies do that because they're the ones dominating. It kind of echoes what some, what Greg has shared. Yes,
0: they do it because they can.
1: Right. right. All right. So I want to, Put one last comment here. Tanya says, and we're talking about a Wall Street Journal article, folks, on the topic of Amazon asking for the opportunity to um, gain ownership at a a reduced price oftentimes uh, in the public realm and the private realm, for that matter. Uh, Tanya says, I'm having this fear now with all the banks that partner in Umbrella under each other with digital banking and with all the digital global credit card client payment services projects that I am not seeing the SEC DevOps team's and the user experience, uh, UX, UI subject matters being partnered during testing and demonstrated throughout the cloud. So I think Tanya is um, her fear, man. Maybe this goes back to the first story. Um, yeah, it does. Greg, does. It's, okay.
0: it's, it's probably alluding to the fact that when security, Sec DevOps, security de- development operations and the UX and UI designers have this miscommunication link, they can leave open doors to the, to the technology through the UI of the solution. And it's something you have to keep a very, very close eye on. And it's not easily you'd think it would be, but it's not easily uh, rectified. So well,
1: thank you, Greg and Tanya, great insight there. Uh, you know, cause if we don't have everybody part of the conversations, you know, we're going we're to have some blue poles in our blind spots here. Yeah. So, Um, as Leah says, she'd like to see Jeff Bezos retirement plan. Uh, we are
0: his retirement plan as Leah, I can tell you that (laughs) he just keeps selling us stuff.
1: That is right. Uh, let's see. Mervin says, uh, no offense, but isn't that what, uh, incumbents maybe are supposed to do in terms of strategy to oppose emerging threats. M and A's are required. Greg. Uh,
0: I think. I mean, it, you are certainly fully within your rights to do that, right? Yep. The question is, is it, is it fair to make that demand? And let me, let me just tell you that that demand for shares, unlike the demand of a real principle of a company comes with no obligation to actually help the company get benefit from partnering with you. It comes with the presumption that the mere fact that your logo becomes part of their, of that company's marketing that it will deliver something if it yeah. were, if it were a truth and a fact that, and maybe it is in some cases that Amazon is actually going to do something actively to promote and create value within the company. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Right. But the truth is they're paying a fair rate for the services they're getting for that company. They're doing nothing more in almost every case and they are effectively selling the value of their logo for 20% of the company. That's not a good return. I mean, if somebody really thinks about that, it's not a good return and you know, it will, it'll come back around. Look, the truth is it is really folly to go after some of these big accounts and to, to so disadvantage yourself to do business with a big logo. I mean, people did it with Walmart and then quit doing business with Walmart. People did it with, I worked for one of the biggest auto parts chains. And WD-40 took themselves off of our shelves because we we pressed them too hard. Can you imagine an auto parts store without (laughs) WD-40? Neither could any one of our 180,000 customers, right? Right. So so of course there comes a point when um, the market pushes back and it it will happen. I think, who said it here? Um, GE, Nokia, Motorola, right? The tide will turn, right? I think it was Judy maybe. Well, yeah, Sylvia. Yeah. <laughs> Motorola Nokia, General Electric, the list goes on. When absolute power turns to absolute disaster.
1: Yes. Right? That is a certainly a t-shirt-ism there. Absolute power turns to absolute disaster. Very nice. Sylvia, almost as nice as that charcuterie.
0: Also, I think I saw Sylvia. I really appreciate it. I think she said there may be a jar of peach preserves or jam Awaiting me.
1: Very not so, Man. Well, Sylvia, I got to get your good graces somehow. But We'll share
0: this jar, Scott. Okay? <laughs> okay. We'll do the product opening together. There we go. We'll share this jar. Because now we can, by the way. Right. I'll bring the toast.
1: As long, as long as those auto part stores still have the scratch and sniff things that you hang on your rearview mirror. As long as we've got Sting that.
0: trees. Yes.
1: Yeah. yeah. All right. So, And she also says, am I the only person that never used Amazon. Yes. Wow.
0: See it's a very simple answer. Yes. You are the only person that's never used Amazon.
1: Well hang on a sec. Peter, are you, you've never used Amazon either? Let us know. Hey, hey, inquiring minds really want to know. Let me know about uh if you're if you have not used Amazon too. Okay. So Greg, one last uh, to recap here, we're talking about this Wall Street Journal article on Amazon. Hey, kudos to the Wall Street Journal team because they they, they have this is just like the latest one of the latest kind of deep dive reporting uh, trying to keep folks honest and informed about what, you know, the biggest company here in the States and, and in the e yeah. commerce world is is doing uh, from a, a partnership standpoint. So good stuff there. All right. So as Greg is getting a Diet Coke from uh, uh, my dear friend off.
0: Garage door opener for my cousin, Stephen, who's <laughs> okay. heading over to the family uh, holiday cookout. He wanted oh, me to go with the garage door when I leave. So. Mm-hmm.
1: Hello, Stephen. Thank you very much for uh, allowing your uh, home to be no our local
0: studio. Sweet home.
1: Okay, so uh, let's um, let's move to the next story here. There's so much to tackle this week. Oh, and just like that, folks, just like that, we might have lost Greg White's connection. So we'll see if he can't jump in here in a minute uh, to continue talking about the buzz across global business. Okay. Oh, well, we might have gained him back. Let's see here.
0: Oh, I like that look. <laughs> All right. I don't know what I did, but whatever. Oh, that's I okay.
1: it, it is Monday.
0: <laughs> it Mrs. happens. Wall is it's Monday. a holiday. Let's go with that.
1: Right. Yeah. Monday is Murphy Law, Murphy's. Murphy's Law Monday. I like it. Yep. Okay. Let's talk about automotive. So let's get past let's do talk about that. Um, Amazon and let's talk automotive here. All right. So this is actually some good news, I think. So according to IHS Market, Greg, well-known analysis firm, reported by Reuters, when all the numbers are finalized, all numbers are in, second quarter 2021, global light vehicle production is is projected to have grown 50%. So supply issues persist, uh, Mm -hmm. as we've we've talked about ad nauseum. Of course, semiconductors also workforce due to a variety of issues. Uh, so supply issues persist, but the semiconductors uh, IHS market projects that the computer chip supply is going to be able to catch back up starting first quarter 2022. Now that um, you know Gartner has projected second quarter 2022, so maybe they disagree, or maybe the situation's getting a little bit better, and they're maybe uh, um, um, moving the catch-up period, at catch-up point earlier. I don't know, or sooner. We'll see. But Greg, speaking, of, you can't talk about automotive without talking about the Ford Bronco. 125,000 orders already have mm-hmm. been placed, and Ford just cannot make them fast enough. Do you have your order in?
0: You know what? Uh, and this is another West Virginia experience. I am now torn as to whether a Ford Bronco is the right vehicle, because yesterday I drove a brand-new Toyota Tacoma, TRD off-road with a lift kit. Yeah. And it's a, it's a superior vehicle. I mean, it's just the vehicles these days, the electronics are made these days, like I'm driving a 1925 model a, but, uh, but it, it is stunning how far they've come in just a few years. So, uh, I don't have an order in, I have contemplated it, but I'm not one of those people who is going to pay over MSRP. Even in fact, I'm not going to buy a car until car prices come back down. Right. So I'm not paying full. I just don't pay full price that, that I think that's what my family name means in Gaelic is we don't pay full price.
1: I I believe it. I've seen, I can speak uh, from personal (laughs) (laughs) experience though, Greg, (laughs) uh, I believe you. And you know, one of these days, you know, one of these days, um, when we got a little free time on our hands, I'd love just to grab some popcorn and Diet Coke and watch you go buy a car. I think it it would be must-see TV.
0: I've had people ask me to buy their car for them, and I enjoy it. They hate it, but mm. I enjoy it. I love a car dealership. <laughs> it's harder now because they don't really want to negotiate, but there are always times that you can That's a whole separate show, Scott. <laughs> okay, we got to do that show. Definitely. How to buy a car.
1: Davin says he's gonna be sending you a pick of devil dice, which I think is his Jeep when it comes out of the shop next week. Davin is a um uh, an off-roading enthusiast, I think yeah. you call. Uh and, and he's really good though. He I know it says it's in the shop. I think he does a lot of work of of his own uh on his Jeep. Uh let's see here. As, as Leah says, uh in West Virginia, a good truck gives you 300,000 miles. Before you have to use a screwdriver to start your engine every day.
0: (laughs) Seriously, Azalea, the vehicle that was (laughs) traded in on this Tacoma was, I don't know what year, but it was a Tundra. And it had 265,000 hard miles. I mean, real off-roadings. So, you know, in, in West Virginia, they have a ton of oil production. And, of course, the oil wells are in the toughest place to get to. I mean, this thing was B up but it went to 245 265
1: something. nice nice well uh peter boulay a great point uh we'll yeah, see if we can't I, get a real number on this meaningless unless they add a real number excellent point it, you
0: know um what is it whoever said it let's just attribute it to mark twain i don't think that's right there's lies there's damn lies and then there's statistics yes right <laughs> so um, that's absolute truth. You can make anything look any way you want, just how you present the numbers.
1: Excellent point. Michael Avra. Great to see you back, Michael. I know you have been busy. He says manufacturers are caught in the middle. Do they increase production and stand to have excess inventory or keep lean while not being able to meet demand? Well, with all these empty car lots, I think there, there's been that decision has been made for them, uh, by, uh, according to many, um, automotive experts. But the other thing, Greg is you know this inventory, just the all time uh, the inventory of available cars. You know, speaking to those empty lots. I mean, I haven't seen a, a year a to it in terms of, you know, how low is this? Is this, is this the lowest we've seen in ten years or twenty five years? But man, driving past the car lots here in the last uh, couple weeks, man, the 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 eye test is it's got to yeah. be one of the lowest points in recent memory.
0: So production is not has not been necessarily lower. Production completion has been necessarily lower. So I have a friend who is the general manager of a GMC dealership and he showed me a property, I don't even know what it is, that had 15,000 trucks on it that are just waiting for one chip so that they can be started. So we're that close to the numbers just exploding off the chart, Um, but it's those semiconductors. And again, the automakers did it to themselves. They said, you guys go ahead and make these semiconductors and if we need them, we'll buy them off you. So (laughs) another one of those relationship and transparency issues in supply chain that that needs to be solved. And the problems that we see as a consumer are much like the problems that you see if you're doing a business process analysis. The problem isn't where you see it. The problem is back upstream somewhere. Right. And usually a bad decision or bad process. Uh, in this case, it seems like it's almost always bad decisions um, have caused it.
1: Excellent point there. So we'll see. We'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll continue to. You know, the automotive industry is such an important um, sector for uh, global business and and many other things. It's, it's one of those industries that have. You know, when it moves or when it doesn't move, you know, the ripple effect is is pretty big. So we'll see how this plays out. Um, let's talk about Greg. This is. Talk, I think this buzz these stories were almost hand-picked for gregory white here today because this last story i know you're going to be able to speak to quite a bit yes so speaking wow. of record-breaking activity gregory white the supply chain tech m&a market seems to be in overdrive just as much deals are everywhere according to supply chain dive zebra is yeah. going to be acquiring fetch robotics now it already had a five percent stake in the company and they've done business plenty of business before but now Zebra wants it all, and it's going to be acquiring the rest of Fetch, the 95%. It's going to cost about $290 million. The warehouse automation market, though, kind of speaks to this warehouse automation market. It's been a hot one for years, even before the pandemic. But as the article points out, the pandemic accelerated demand for warehouse tech mainly due to workforce constraints. Right. right. We think about social distancing, which really productivity, amongst other things, took a hit, but also Let's say even in a perfect world with no pandemic, still hiring and retaining workers in these facilities, warehouses, fulfillment centers and the like has been really tough. But, Greg, what are you seeing here?
0: Well, I mean, we've been trying to automate warehouses for a good amount of time because of the cost of labor. Now we're trying to automate warehouses because of the availability of labor. And it's both costly and difficult to attain labor to do this. Um frankly, warehouses are in, in many, many aspects of the warehouse, they are much better run by robots. In fact, in Sweden, Norway, yep. in Sweden, anyway, I have seen portions of warehouse that are what they call lights out. They are completely robotic and only the exceptional um the exceptional portions of the work you know, the exceptionally minute portions of the work are even done by human beings in a 700,000 square foot facility, 14 people work. And so, and now it's hard to get 14 people into a 700,000 square foot facility. I mean, we keep going to the three D's that supply chain and manufacturing are often hindered by dark, dirty and dangerous. The perception of the workforce that it is all of those things. Um, and, um, so, you know, it's inevitable that it's going to happen. The technology market, can we shift gears to that just a little bit? The technology market is silencing. It it is, it is incredibly, incredibly hot. I have seen companies that I'm involved with. I have seen companies that I observe and seen companies that I have never even heard of go for exorbitant amounts of money. You know, uh, there's a company, Bring B-R-I-N with two G's, of course, because they're technology. So you have to misspell your name. They became anointed as a unicorn recently uh, based on their investment, you know, and and you're seeing these kind of deals being done at, uh, you know, in, in the past, in the fairly recent past, a technology company, which is usually, we'll call it startup or early growth stage. They're usually not profitable. They're usually growing very rapidly. Um, but still have relatively few customers. But if you have 5 or $10 million worth of revenue, you could uh, expect in the past to get somewhere between 7 and 12 or 15 times revenue as, as your purchase price. Now, those same companies are worth 20 to 45 times wow. their revenue in terms of valuation. And I've, I've actually seen deals done at a 44 times revenue multiple. Wow. So the opportunity is is um, incredible right now. And that is because, as we all know here, the world has awakened to the importance of supply chain. They have, as we discussed earlier in the show, they have awakened to the fact that technology is critical to what is required to make supply chain happen from a, a visibility and a transparency and predictive analytics and prescriptive um, you know, prescriptive analytics or recommendations, right? All of those things, robotics, uh, optimization, all of those things require technology. And, um, as not only supply chain has come into the, f- into the forefront of people's minds, but also as people have been staying away in droves from work, then technology becomes the de facto, uh, the de facto resource. So we're going to see more. We're going to see more at least until, which is now inevitable, I believe, but at least until the the U.S. government makes it unfeasible to continue to invest in companies, which is probably coming by the end of this year.
1: Mm. Well, on on a much lighter note here, Charles Heater, hope this finds you well. Charles, great to have you today. He says, so our future job growth is nursing and maintenance engineers. Charles, who knows? We'll see.
0: I don't think it's that at all. I think it's, you know, I think it is. It is managing, it is doing what human beings are really, really good at. Frankly, maintenance engineers, most, a lot of that can be done by robots as well. And is being done uh, by robots in some cases, but the look, these are the, these are the features that human beings and Scott, you and I have talked about this a lot with veterans and supply chain professionals, the ability to take insufficient data instantaneously and make a life or death or very important decision is uniquely human. Because all of these technologies that we talk about take inordinate amounts of data to be able to do what they do. And without that data, not useless, but not nearly as effective as a human being. So as long as there are parts of the business where we lack sufficient data to have built a a thesis in a technology and it needs a rapid decision or a creative decision, um, and that decision is highly, highly important. Those are the jobs that humans will be doing, which are much, much more satisfying right. for us. So I think it's a great thing.
1: Excellent point. All right. So we were talking about uh, Zebra's decision to buy Fetch Robotics. Um, the, they already own five they're, percent. They're buying the, the remaining ninety-five percent for a nice, cool two hundred. Was that two hundred ninety million dollars? Yeah. So and for
0: less than a billion, believe it or not, folks, that is a bargain. Yeah. For a supply chain tech company.
1: And Greg was also speaking to kind of the the, the bigger picture market for uh, m M&A activity, especially from a technology yeah. standpoint. Okay. So I'm going to go backwards now. We've got a few minutes here. I'm going to go backwards. I want to cherry pick some of these comments here. Uh, going back to auto automotive, I think, sp- always sparks a, lo- a lot of opinions. Charles Walker. Charles, hope this finds you well, man. We're, we're going to do a Veteran Voices episode soon. Look forward to it. He says, I'm with you, Greg. Never pay full price for a car. Only buy a car if you want it, not when you need it. That's a great point because Greg, if you're not willing to walk away, they got you, right? Cool.
0: Yeah. And and as a matter of fact, they've got you on used cars as well. So part of the reason that this Tacoma got bought and the Tundra got turned in is because they offered on a $265,000 car, something like $14,000. Whereas the book value of that car was like $7,700. at least this is what my cousin tells me, 7,700 just months before. So cars, even used cars, are not a bargain. It is not the time to buy a car unless you absolutely have to have it. And and by the way, this is the way in which markets work, right? We, We reach this equilibrium level where people won't pay the price and therefore the prices have to come down, which by the way, it already has come down on things like lumber. Lumber is already coming down from its peak because people have slowed their building of houses and their home improvement projects because of that price. That's the beautiful thing about it, economics. Right.
1: And Hey, if you got an extra car these days, now's the time to sell it. You know, use a bike. Uh, Sylvia Judy yeah. says the only time I bought a brand new vehicle was in 1993. A Cayman. Cayman Green.
0: I know exactly what color Ford that is. It was a metallic. Yes.
1: <laughs> it got 63 miles from the dealership floor until a Ford Mustang ran a red light and totaled the Ranger and sent me to the hospital, she says. Since then, I buy all my cars gently used. Well, Sylvia, man.
0: We're uh, glad you here. made it, first yeah. of all, not just because of the jam, but we're glad that you made it. And also, smart decision, to buy your cars two to three years old.
1: Excellent. And Mervin says a great point here, something I got to check out. He says, "Charles, you can just rent one or buy a miles subscription to get rid of the hassle of ownership." And he says, uh, "Leasees is an example, so I'll have to check out what Leases does." Now, my favorite, one of my favorite comments here, because we were talking about POs earlier. Back to uh, your point about uh, these automotive companies—they just expected that to have what they needed without any commitment. Peter says, "Issue the damn PO like the go- Canada, <laughs> like the Canada government letters of agreement." don't mean nutcrackers issue the PO excellent point. And we'll say, st- well stated. <laughs> um, That's awesome.
0: It really is. Let's see here. I, I have a feeling that was what was going through TSMC's mind, the, the Taiwan semiconductor company, TSC, whatever the acronym is, but I'm sure that was what was going through their mind. They're going issue the PO and we start building.
1: Right. There you go. There you go. Uh, Andre, I hope this finds you well, says supply and demand at its very best. Yes, ma'am. Michael says lumber is a huge discount right really? now. Really? Like discount mentioned.
0: even? Okay. About that.
1: Um, she also said, Andre says, used cars are maybe the best way to buy a car. That's why the Unicorn Company, is it Kavik? Kavak?
0: Never yes. heard of it. It must be a Mexican that. company, so we'll have to check it out.
1: Yes. Well, uh, Andre, I hope this finds you well, and please uh, tell Sophia we said hello, too. I've seen y'all have... Uh, y- y'all continue to turn out great content and we love to have your participation here at Supply Chain Now. Yeah, no doubt. Now, as Leia says, she's going back to the old school way. She's gonna be uh and maybe she's kidding, getting my milk delivered again. How about that, Greg? I wonder if that's the the good stuff with the you know half inch of cream problem. up at the top.
0: Yeah. yeah, I don't know. We'll find out.
1: We shall find
0: out. Where, where in West Virginia is Azalea. Or, or is she, She's not still in West Virginia. She's from there, correct?
1: But she, she, I think she's still there. She's looking at moving, you know, she's in the market uh, as is her significant other. And uh, I think it not to tell, say too much here, but I think she's looking at Tennessee last time I, I chatted with her, but a uh, tremendous talent there. Uh, y'all go check out the old, uh, the episode where she and I sat down um, so much goodness that she shares. We got to reconnect soon. Okay. So Greg, I've got 1254 art time. We both, with you on the road and, and me getting back from vacation and Murphy's Law wanting to play, with, play in the sandbox today, we've had a, our hands full, haven't we?
0: I think we've done pretty good. I have to tell you, I, <laughs> you know no, no offense to my relatives or Azalea, but being in West Virginia for this is a little bit scary because with all of these hills, it really is hard to get a cell signal. It is a beautiful place if you want to get off the grid. It is beautiful. And a West Virginia dog is a delicious thing. Okay, okay look here.
1: Greg, you and Vicky have got to get some snapshots. You are in a beautiful culinary state and a beautiful state from a variety of perspectives. No doubt. Got to see some pictures. If no pictures, means it, it didn't, didn't happen,
0: happen. All right. right. Well, we've got them, but we usually pub- publish them uh, post-trip. So, yes. Okay. Fayette County. About 45 minutes from Beckley. I know where that is. Yeah. Beckley is the biggest speed trap in, at least in West Virginia, maybe on the entire planet. Basically, welcome to West Virginia. Here's your
1: ticket. (laughs) Mervyn, going back to a few comments ago, says, Leases is a platform operational in 12 countries for short, short, medium, and long-term rentals, used car online sales, and it's owned by the Stellantis Group, comprising of 15 brands like Fiat and many others. How about that?
0: Wow. As long as you don't have to drive any of those brands of cars that could be a real bargain <laughs>
1: i'm
0: not right. sure i'm not sure a fiat could last through a whole whole rental
1: really? <laughs> the,
0: the, no kidding the one time we got stopped significantly on the roadway here a fiat had broken down in the left-hand lane so, really yeah like a fiat 500 so okay i Gosh. thought maybe they'd be better but <laughs>
1: All right, well, we want to see pictures of food. So to recap today's episode, join us for the webinar, July 27th. Yes. Uh, Join our supply chain, Chow, uh, Facebook group. We've had some interesting shares. Uh, We want to see more recipes, but we've had some great shares thus far. In in a week or so, we've had it open. Uh, To recap the news we talked about here today, Greg, let's see. We talked about the massive ransomware attack. We talked about uh, Amazon looking to get... Piece of the action from many of its suppliers looking to do business with them. We talked about automotive supposedly production second quarter twenty twenty one has grown dram- dramatically, looking for more numbers there. And we've talked about the supply chain tech and general tech. MA yeah. has uh, the MA activity there has been an overdrive with uh, uh, valuations, as Greg mentioned, up to forty four x revenues. Man, it's
0: insanity, isn't it?
1: It really yeah. well, It's, it's insanity in a, a good, crazy,
0: yeah. crazy well, way. Maybe so.
1: <laughs> yeah, maybe so. If you're selling, right? That's right.
0: I saw an article, I think it was Wall Street Journal also. It's an, you know, everybody or so many people are starting to say it's an everything bubble now, <laughs> right? I mean, if you think about how many things are the stock market, right? Private companies, lumber, housing, automobiles, it is kind of an everything bubble bubble now. So it's gonna be an interesting ride. Absolutely. Second half of this year.
1: Absolutely. So on that note, let's free up Greg to uh pursue a wide variety of calls. We gotta go move
0: chairs. Yeah. (laughs) Or my uncle's gonna be (laughs) hacked.
1: Well hey thanks so much. All the great comments and perspectives and observations shared uh across uh the comments so I really appreciate that. We look forward to reconnecting with many of y'all um, stay tuned, join us. let's see here. This week, Greg, we've got a couple of live streams teed up. We've got Mike Griswold with Gartner Wednesday yeah. at 12 noon. and uh, we've got uh, the manufacturing leadership live stream on Friday. Oh yeah, that's right. 12 noon. So y'all get ready for that. And Greg, hopefully you have a great quick trip to West Virginia and back. What's your uh, what's one key piece of advice as we wrap here today, whether you're speaking to founders? are entrepreneurs, or maybe you're speaking to fellow supply chain practitioners out there, but give us some patented Greg White words of wisdom as we, we wrap up today's episode.
0: You know, it's something I discovered over the month of June, because as you know, I hit the road for a speaking engagement and then for uh, some other things and and for this uh, incubator that I'm working with in Wichita. And then this trip, don't underestimate the power of being in front of people. I just, I almost forgot it could be like that, where one word, one glance, one interpersonal interaction, one additional question, the reading of someone's body language or or the walk to the water cooler can be so, so powerful in solving problems. We literally, because you're, you're think about this, you don't have to log on. You're always on. If you see, as I did, Kurt Gridley, the founder of of Groover labs, the incubator we're talking about. I saw him, I just rounded the corner and I saw him and I was just like, Hey, hey Kurt, what if we did this? And he went, yeah, let's do that. Done. Right. Problem solved opportunity captured, right. Future changed just like that. It is so, so powerful. And we've been talking a lot um, about the power of being in person, whether people will go back to offices. And, you know, I, I think it's a, it depends on your job. Right, I've been working remote since 2000 when I started two companies ago, three companies ago really, but I've been working remote at least some of the time since that time and I can tell you that it is super powerful to be in front of people and it is it is so encouraging and it is so empowering and it is it's so enlightening. All those ease. Um and I say go out there and capture your ease.
1: <laughs> be like easy eat. Um, but hey, get in person and be present. Uh, appreciate you sharing that here today, Greg. It'd be neat to start to enjoy that more and more uh, as we as we hopefully as a globe, global society, you know, get more firmly into post pandemic. So folks, thanks for joining Supply Chain Buzz here today. Join us next week as uh, Supply Chain Buzz is brought to you by Omnia Partners. We're gonna be talking about their big September event coming up next Monday. Uh, but wherever you are, most importantly, On behalf of the whole Supply Chain Now team and Scott Luton here, hey, do good, give forward, and be the change that's needed. And with that said, we'll see you next time right here on Supply Chain Now. Thanks, everybody.
0: Thanks for being a part of our Supply Chain Now community. Check out all of our programming at supplychainnow.com and make sure you subscribe to Supply Chain Now anywhere you listen to podcasts. And follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram.